Good morning and happy Thursday. I'm Greg. Welcome to the Daily Bible Wrap-Up. I'm very happy that you're joining me on this journey of reading the Bible in one year. It is two-thirds of the way of the year through, so we are two-thirds of the way completed with the Bible. It's amazing. Do this every year, and um, I'll do this again next year, probably with a different reading plan. But today in the reading plan that we're doing this year, our readings are Psalm 104, 31 through 35, 2 Corinthians 4, and Micah 1 through 4. Now, Psalm 104 ends with the quote, let all that I am praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're reminded of order of importance here with the line, let all that I am praise the Lord. That means nothing else is prioritized in life over and above our relationship with God. We cannot be part-time Christians. We have to praise the Lord constantly. Now, I don't mean that we have to walk around raising hands, singing songs, and all that. Like, we don't have to be doing corporate worship 24 by 7. I don't, don't mean that at all. But what I do mean is how we live. We have to be bold in our faith internally and externally. You know, I routinely tell people that I just met that my business is a God response on my part. Telling them is a form of praise for the blessings from God in the business because I obeyed his call. New Testament, we're in 2 Corinthians 4. Paul says that because of our faith, we tell the truth before God. Now, I think he's still trying to convince the Corinthians that his preaching is genuine, that the story is, in fact, correct. But some don't hear. As in verse 4, quote, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. How sad that is. Now, I feel the sadness every day, and we see it every day. We as believers need to continuously try to reach out to those hidden behind a veil, as Paul puts it. Sometimes, most times, in fact, this can be in supportive silence, watching and praying and just waiting for an opportunity to speak with the words of the Spirit. In those times when they're able to steal a peek from beyond the veil, we need to be there so that they can see a light to bring them out of the darkness. As Paul says in verse 7, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this treasure. He continues to explain in verse 10, though suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. We are to never give up in sharing this light despite troubles we may encounter, he says as well. And then finally, he says, in verse 18, he says, so don't look at the troubles we can see now, but rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. That's what faith is. Faith is putting our trust our purpose in things that we cannot see, but we believe. Old Testament, we are starting a new book today. Micah, Micah is one of the 12 minor prophets and prophesied 
during the 8th century BC, around the same time as Isaiah, when Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezebiah were kings of Judah. Now he says, quote, the sovereign Lord is making accusations against you. And then, quote, because of the rebellion of Israel, yes, the sins of the whole nation. So that's the reason for the accusations. He blames the capitals of Israel and Judah, Samaria and Jerusalem, respectively, for this. An analogy today could be blaming Washington, D.C. for the sins of all the United States as the decision to sin, those are my words, emanate from capitals with leaders we put there. Therefore, there will be destruction. Quote, children you love will be snatched away, end quote. They will be exiled to distant lands. In the case of what Micah is talking about, that's Babylon. Micah 2, God calls out the wicked who scheme and carry out evil plans, quote, simply because you have the power to do so, end quote. One saying I like is, and that I use often, is, quote, just because we can doesn't mean we should. Well, maybe that has roots in this part in Micah. And he is, I should note, he is calling out the wealthy here as, as well. But, as he said, the Lord will, quote, reward you evil with evil. In verse 3, he says, God is just and there are always consequences for actions. So remember yesterday I was talking about learning, uh, knowing of God as opposed to just knowing God. So we know God is there, prominent figure in the Bible. But we, if we read the Bible from the standpoint of wanting to learn to know of God, then something like the line of God is the quote where God is quest and uh, well, this isn't a quote. This is, no, I think it is, uh, verse 3. God is just and there are always consequences for actions. Um, I think that my sum, summation of quote three of verse 3. But that's a part of learning of God. Characteristic of God, he is just. Characteristic of his influence on our lives, there are always consequences for actions. Verse 7, quote, if you would do what is right, you would find my words comforting, end quote. But those doing evil will try to justify and convince others their way is good. I have often referred to that uh, rationalization effort as mental gymnastics. We do see that a lot today, people justifying that if you just take a step back without any sort of media influence, it's like, that's just wrong. I mean, you've, you know it, you feel it inside, that's just wrong. You can't stop doing these mental progressive rationalizations based on what you want to say that this is what God wants. That's a, not a good thing to do. If you're not sure, Pray on it, and God will tell you what he wants. Quote, I think this is verse 11. Suppose a prophet full of lies would say to you, I'll preach to you the joys of wine and alcohol. That's just the kind of prophet you would like. And I, that kind of struck me personally because, yes, um, I have been there. And, and I certainly would want to try to pick and choose those that are saying what I want the message to be. 
it's taken me a long time in life to realize that it's less about me trying to find the answers that I want and more about trying to find the answers that God is giving. I know that that sounds simple, but if you examine your heart, just saying you in general, you, and, and really be honest with yourself, you'd be surprised about how much it's the former and not the latter. I'm not saying that's for everybody, but that certainly was for me. Yet with all of this, there is hope. God will eventually restore the people to their land, Micah says. Continues in Micah 3. He calls out the leaders, quote, You are supposed to know right from wrong, but you are the very ones who hate good and love evil. Again, prevalent today. Turn on the news, you'll see exactly that. But God will not answer those who do such, quote, from verse 4, after all the evil you have done, he won't even look at you. So that almost says, unless you repent in your heart, if you're doing evil and then you ask God for something, don't expect him to respond because you're openly disobeying him. And then when it's convenient for you, when you need something, you think that you could pick it up and place an order like you do on your phone for Amazon. It doesn't work that way. And I think that also feeds the, pro, uh, the progressive cycle of, well, there is no God, the cycle of atheism. Well, you're starting the cycle with not believing. And then, well, maybe you decide I'm going to give God a chance. So I'm going to pray for money or whatever, something that you want. But you're, and then when it doesn't happen, the proof is there. It's just like, well, I prayed and nothing happened. Again, how many times do I have to say? I think that that's that's not the way it works. But I th that you can, if you see that step from the outside, you can see that cycle often continuing. Verse eleven: "Quote you rulers make decisions based on bribes. False prophets lead people today astray, and then lead people astray both then and now. If prophecy." And history is a guide. We will see destruction of those rulers if those rulers are allowed to continue. Again, I think that there's a lot to be able, that we should be looking at reading the Bible, not only from the standpoint of what was occurring then, but also how following what happened then can also help us make informed decisions about God wants today. Micah 4, but in the last days, verse 2, quote, people from all over the world will stream to the Lord's house to worship. This will be an existence without war. In those days, the Lord will restore the people and Jerusalem. But at the moment in time that Micah is writing all this, suffering and exile to Babylon must occur first. That's it for today. I hope you have a wonderfully blessed day today and live today as if the king is coming back today. Take care.